you to know that I, I did my clap and there are currently four cats in this room and all of them jumped. <laughs> I, I felt a little bad but all four of the cats in this room jumped when I just did my clap there. <laughs> you assault me yet? You try to make me yet panic? <laughs> God. Uh, so... For for our listeners, I, I already told Sam this. Uh, based on like the way this whole week and current uh, bi-weekly situation went for the show, uh, I have not watched either of these episodes in the past week. Um, I, I did my notes last weekend, and I, I do remember what happened on like a vague level. So... When I go through my notes this week, it's going to be a fun little adventure where I'm like, oh yeah, that sure happened. You get to discover the episode at the same time as our listeners do. Yeah, exactly. It, it'll be like, my my notes are a little surprise for me. I, 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 I've left this, it's as a, a gift, it's a present. I, I'm finally getting back into the area. Oh, hold on, wait a second. Uh, Sam, breaking news. Uh, my anime list has just updated me saying, uh, Skate the Infinity gets new anime project? Yes, they. I think that tweet came out this morning. Uh, they haven't announced whether it's a movie or a season two or, or whatever. It's just, they're getting the gang back together again. They're just, they're making more stuff. I'm excited. I, I'm excited too. I haven't even finished Skate the Infinity, but you know, like, uh, my partner Nova and I, we just, we finished Brotherhood this week. We watched the really bad movie to go along with Brotherhood, which is, uh, Sacred Star of Milos. Uh, we watched that last night. Uh, it's got some problems. It, it namely, it's not well written. We're gonna get to some anime. I'm gonna watch Skate the Infinity soon, hopefully. Hell yeah. But we should probably get into the show. This is It'll Wash Out, a Bleach Rewatch podcast. I'm your co-host, Senna. And I'm your co-host, Sam. We've got our usual two episodes this week. We're going to go ahead and get right into it with episode 84, Dissension in the Substitute Team? Rukia's Betrayal. I like how I read the question mark after I started the sentence, so you could hear my sentence change from, like, a sentence to a question in the middle of it, and I was really happy with that. I'm, I'm booing this title 
I'm, I'm booing this title. It's not, you know, as completely off the mark as some of the other episode titles we've had, but it's it's not great. <laughs> it's not great. It, it's misleading. Like, it, it, like, it makes sense why they went with it, but it's misleading. It, it's like... Rukia's gonna betray us? Oh my god! And uh, we'll we'll get into it. We'll get there. We'll get there. Well, this is an this is an episode title for an episode where everything happens the same, except everything that happens to Rukia happens like off screen, and none of the characters are aware, so it comes as a surprise. That's what this title is saying. <laughs> that's not what it's. That's not what happens at all. Yeah. Now that I'm thinking about it, you're right. You're right. <laughs> We open on a recap of Karya's plans, as told by Koga, namely that he plans on creating a new, clean world ruled by Bounce. Every time one Bounce grows in strength, the rest of them grow as well, thanks to the multiplier effect. Which, we don't have any explanation on what the multiplier effect is. We, I guess it's just that in, in, any time a Bounce is stronger, they all get stronger. I, it, it's, it, it's fine. I might need to go back and watch the episode again, because that's not how I understood it at all. The way I got it was, there's a multiplier effect between the Bount and his doll, so if a Bount gets, like, twice as strong, the bount, the doll is going to get more than twice as strong. Huh. I, I could be wrong. Maybe my subs were just off, because I was watching on Netflix. Uh, I, I should switch back to Crunchyroll. I have Crunchyroll, I don't know why I'm not using it. Anyway, Ichigo swears he will defeat the Bounce, and Koga is like, hey, power without ideals? It's fucking dangerous, dude. And, you know, I'm just really sad that I'm destined to watch young boys perish. And then Kira shows up, and then we cut to Urahara's shop, where Tessai brings Sinatra in to look after Renji, and the kid that Renji saved. I... <laughs> I'm really glad they brought this kid here, like, I get why they did, I'm just really glad this kid's still here. <laughs> I love that, like, Tessai just straight up kidnaps Hantaro from his job, and he's like, I still have to tend to register- Oh, fuck, you need a healer. And then he just, he's like, he's in go mode. He's immediately, like, jumping into action. It's like, okay, Tessai, I need you to do this, put up this kind of bearer. I'll figure it out. We're, we're in the ER now. We're in my territory. I'm like, damn. Good job, Hantaro. Yeah, yeah. He, like, literally, like, tells Tessai to get, like, several different, like, I- I- were they syringes? I don't know. Like, I he he's like, I need this number one, two, and you know, just in case six. Well, we'll need six, maybe. And I'm like, I don't know what the fuck Hanatero is talking about, but I'm here for it. Give you this healer bullshit. Meanwhile, uh, back in the current fight with Yoshi, Kuroto, who is currently Renji, Rukia, and Orohime, uh, they continue this fight. And Yoshi stabs Kuroto and then narrowly misses a deadly blow on Orihime as her dolls, plural, tell her the technique has not been perfected yet. And, you know, maybe we should just take a break uh, and, you know, breathe and take it easy. And she tells her dolls to shut up. And then Orihime checks up on Kuroto, who's fine, but is in pain. I really like this little aside. I'm remembering this now. I'm unlocking the memories of this episode where Kuroda's like, oh, no, it's fine. We can take a lot of damage. Like, it, it's chill. I won't die from this or anything. It just hurts like a bitch. He's, he's like, don't forget, I'm a pill. <laughs> like, I'm fine. <laughs> I'm pretty 
sure he literally says that. Like, I'm pretty sure he actually does just say, hey, it's fine. I'm a pill, remember? Yeah, and I also really like, like, Yoshi's doll is basically, like, twin dolls or whatever. They're basically like, you know, it's not really fun when the humans haven't had time to, like, regroup and stuff. You should wait. And then she's like, what? No, I'm not going to wait. And then the other half is like, okay, but our power's not ready yet. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Why don't you, uh, meditate? Take some deep breaths. And she's like, fine, fine. I'm just going to take some fucking deep breaths. (laughs) (laughs) Proceeds to hyperventilate. Just... I, I don't know if we stated it. Like, I'm, I'm pretty sure we probably did at some point. Uh, Yoshi's dolls are, like, a sword and a fan connected by, like, a, a chain of some sort. Uh, and they both have, like, actual fucking mouths on them. Uh, like, they a- they actually talk. Uh, be- because they have mouths. That's just how it is. And each mouth has a tongue with an eye inside of it. It's great. <laughs> That, that, that is a sentence I just said. They both talk with their mouths. Um, <laughs> uh, she throws her dolls, who, like, compliment each other as they, like, twirl. They're like, oh, wow, excellent form. I know, right? You as well. You know, that kind of deal. And then Mabashi shows up, who is still completely Joker-fied, and in, like, Every single sentence he says to Yoshi, he manages to call her either ugly, old, or both. And I'm like, Mabashi, what happened to you? You could have been interesting, but now you're just mean. Now you're just an asshole. <laughs> he, he like, literally claims that he feels like an all-powerful god here. And I'm like, okay, let's dial it down a bit, bud. And Yoshi agrees. She calls him drunk off his first living soul, and then Mabashi drops down to the Soul Reaper game, uh, revealing a, uh, he reveals a collar with, like, a pendant on it, and he pulls the pendant off, like, calling his doll's name, Ritsa, and he drops the pendant into the ground, where a crack forms, and then it sprouts into, like, a plant, revealing a cute, flowery mouse named Ritsa. This was a really cool uh, doll summoning thing. I really like Ritz's design, too. Yeah, like, Ritz is adorable, and I really like her. Just, like, they there needs to be a plush of her. I agree. Like, uh, of all the... I know we keep saying this of, like, the dolls as, like, the newer ones are introduced, but I think this might be my favorite one so far in terms of, like, appearance and general vibes. I, I just, I really like the way it appears. I really like, you know, how cute it is. I, I just really like this one. It's just having fun. It's just having a good time. Uh, Mabashi commands her to fly, and she, like, flies past the group, and, like, briefly stabs Yoshi in the neck. And then, like, Yoshi pulls her out, uh, and she giggles, and then Mabashi insults Yoshi again, being like, hey... You're old and ugly. And then Ritsa asks for more commands as Yoshi tells Mabashi that he's lost it. And you know what? Fuck it. I don't need to fight these guys anyway. You do whatever you want. And then she leaves. <laughs> She's like, I don't want to deal with this. I'm leaving. <laughs> I don't blame her. I feel like if I were fighting a Soul Reaper gang and like some guy came, 
came out and like started calling me old and ugly and then summoned his flower mouse who stabbed me in the neck, I would probably feel a little offended too. Rukia tries to launch a Hado in uh, in their direction, and Mavashi tells Ritsei to go ahead and play with them. She flies towards the group, announcing exactly which direction she's planning on moving in, and like making a bunch of references to being an elevator. She's like going up, going left, going down, and the gang like narrowly dodges her because like at this point she's moving very fast. Uh, and she at one point burrows into the ground and then announces their arrival at the rooftop as she bursts out of the ground. Uh, Mabashi's like, oh, aren't you having fun? And she's like, yes, of course. And she asks if there's anything else he needs. He tells her to stop playing and suddenly she moves with the speed of a fucking bullet, just like destroying a bunch of buildings. And like at this point, she's clearly targeting Rukia. Yeah, like, Rukia barely dodges out of the way, and, like, all the buildings behind her collapse as Ritze is, like, just circling back around, but it's, like, circling just through the buildings in the, I guess, the empty warehouse district. Uh, I love the empty warehouse district. I'm really glad we keep coming back here. I, I don't know how they managed to have this fight so long without, like, the cops getting called or something, because I feel like if I were in a neighborhood, like... Not that I would want to call cops, because I, I I feel comfortable going on the record. I fucking hate cops. Fuck cops. But I I feel like somebody would. It's, it's an anime. It's, it's a Soul Reaper Afterlife anime, so I'm not going to get too nitpicky, but there's so much destruction here. Well, the cops are already there. Rukia's there. She's a Shinigami. <laughs> you know... I hadn't thought of it that way. Like, I know we've called them cops before, but I hadn't thought of it like that this time. In this past two minutes. Fucking god. At some point, Ritsa does, like, briefly go after Orihime. She, like, starts circling Orihime, and Orihime's like, ah, get her off! And then Rikia smacks her with a stick. It, like, snaps the stick in half, and, like, this amazes both Kuroda or- and Orihime, and Kuroda, like, in particular, is like, wow, that was just like a Japanese samurai! And I'm like, Kuroda. <laughs> They're all Japanese samurai, Kuroda. It's fucking Soul Society. <laughs> it's Soul Society. You're in Japan. <laughs> but eventually, Ritsa does pierce Rukia's chest. And she, like, fully enters her body and causes her to collapse completely unconscious. Then Mabashi laughs and snaps, and Rukia opens her eyes completely blank. Mabashi tells Ritsa that she's cute, and we cut back to the fight with Koga and Dalk. Just, like, as a quick aside on this, I really don't like how creepy Mabashi is, like, when Ritsa enters Rukia, I think it's really gross. Yeah, he's definitely, like... I appreciate that the show doesn't get more creepy, like, because I was definitely getting vibes of, um... What's-his-name? Orihime's, like, first opponent. Uh, that uh-huh. also pulls a mind control trick, uh, or a body control trick on one of her friends. The, like, octopus um, one? Yeah. Yeah. But it's, like, the way that Mabashi kept talking, I was like... It feels like you're 
two seconds away from going full that guy. Hold on, I'm li- Oh, her name was Num Chandelier. Right. How could I forget Num Chandelier? <laughs> and let's not forget, just, just while we're on the topic of hollow names, let's not forget Bulbous G. Can we, can we have Bulbous G back? No one's ever forgetting Bulbous G. <laughs> Bulbous G is my life. I, I need him back. Bring Bulbous G back. I'm, I'm making a petition right now. Bring Bulbous G back, if only so that Chad can have a single fight where he's he does good. You know, if if Bulbous G isn't the last Smash character, I don't know what I'm going to do with myself. God. So we cut back to that fight with Koga and Dalk, and Liren is like, I don't know what to do, so I'm just going to go run and I'm going to go find help. Uh, and then Kira explains that Hitsugaya gave the order to send out four lieutenants, and then he tells Ichigo to stand back. I I have an issue with this. Like, I understand this is me being very nitpicky, but I have an issue with the fact that, like, Mayuri had that meeting with, like, all the captains, right? Where he's like, hey, so the bounce are going to start presenting a real threat, and they're going to start, like, regularly and recklessly attacking humans. Hitsugaya? Any, anything you need? And Hitsugaya's like, yeah, we'll just send four lieutenants. It'll be fine. Yeah, well, you know, they can't send everybody. They need to keep some people back in case uh, Aizen attacks Soul Society. It makes sense, but I feel like they could have at least sent, like, a captain, you know? Like, I, I feel like that much is warranted. Yeah, well, it's like, it's vague, but I think the implication is that Hitsugaya is there with them. I guess. I We'll have to wait until, like, later episodes and, like, actually find out, but until we know for sure, I'm like, mm, feel like he could have sent a little bit more, but whatever. Dalk says some creepy shit, and then there's some typical fight banter as Kira raises Wabisuke, hitting Dalk several times and blocking each of her launched orbs with the blade. She keeps reabsorbing each ball into her body, and she eventually realizes that her weight has been, like, gradually increased by Wobisuke's power. I like that the implication here is that, like, it hasn't been doubling, like, her weight. It's just been doubling the orb's weight, so every time she reabsorbs, like, the orbs, uh, she, like, gets a little heavier, so she doesn't, like, notice at first. Uh, like, I, I like that. Yeah, like, it's a, it's a really good, uh, like, application of the, of Webisuke, like, as far, as far as, like, fight booking goes. It is really funny that the animation that, so, every episode we usually get, like, a two or three minute segment that's kind of like, here's what happened at the end of last time. And we got it this, we got it in this episode, and it was, like, a little longer than usual. And then it changed scene, and it got to, like, the Yoshi versus Rukia's group fight. And then it reused, like, three minutes of, anime, of like, content from a previous episode where, like, because the entire thing with Claude getting stabbed and uh, Orihime attacking and Rukia, like, launching the lightning and yeah. Yoshi blocking. Like, we had seen that already. So it yeah. reused, like, a huge chunk of the episode. And then we get to the Koga bit. Where it also reuses, like, Kira's re- uh, introduction. And then, finally, when Kira, like, actually uses his, uh, when he actually unleashes his uh, Zanpakuto, it uses the animation from, like, the first time he does it, back when he was fighting Momo. And it's just so wild to see, because the animation, like, 
that episode was one of those, like, okay, we're putting, like, a ton of extra time and effort into this episode, so the animation kind of looks completely different from, from a regular episode. And the rest of these episodes have been, like, really not bad animation, but, you know, on the, we're storing up, we're kind of, like, storing up some, um, some, some extra time to work on other stuff episodes. So it just, like, it's really jarring when he summons my BCA, basically. It, it is. It really is. On the topic of, like, the animation not being bad, uh, you're right. It, it's just been, like, very inconsistent, because some parts of the episode will look, like, pretty decent, if not, like, good, or even at times great. Like, there'll be, like, those little instances of really good animation, but, like, a lot of the time it's just, like, eh. And then, like, sometimes it's, like, openly kind of weird and wonky, and then other times it's good, and it's just, like, it can get kind of jarring in these filler episodes how good the animation is. Yeah, and so with that, and also, like, just all of the reused animation, it was like, ah, a filler episode. TM, TM, TM. <laughs> it really is a filler episode. Koga and Ichigo engage directly in battle. With Koga using a steel beam as a weapon, he, like, picks it up with one hand, and he just starts swinging. And Ichigo runs towards him, cutting the beam in half, but eventually Koga, like, grabs him and takes him down, uh, telling him that his strength comes from how long he has lived, claiming that what Ichigo now sees is a human's true potential power. Like, it's he seems to be implying that Bound aren't just, like supernaturally strong he he just happens to be like a like as strong he's like captain america he's at the upper limit of what a normal human could be basically <laughs> it's just like, like mm. hey train up bulk up work out you can do it <laughs> that sure was a steel beam you were you were swinging around <laughs> with a single hand there koga <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I'm really glad, like, at the very least, like, I, I personally really enjoyed this episode for the most part. I'm really glad at the least it was a fun episode. Uh, <laughs> Dalt gets rid of her own arms? She's like, I don't need these. And then just, like, evaporates her own arms. And then she, like, wraps a cord from her tail around Wabiske and tries to wrestle it from Kira. I don't really understand how, like, because, like, my understanding of Wabiske, while I guess you could argue it's probably, like, from being struck by Wabiske, is that, like, every time you touch it, it doubles your weight? It's every time it cuts. Specifically, it's when it cuts something. Okay. Now, technically speaking, they've been, like, they consider, if, like, if he does a slash and someone blocks it with a sword, that counts as a cut. So it's, like, single hits, basically. Yeah, that that makes sense. Because, like, I was, like, watching her, like, wrap this cord around the blade, and I'm like, how is that not doing anything to her? What What's going on here? Uh, but that makes sense. Koga holds Ichigo against a wall uh, before being kicked, up, uh, kicked back, and he's like, whoa, didn't expect you to have that much strength left. And then he sees that Ichigo has, like, resolve in his eyes, because Ichigo is once again found his resolve he's found his true calling his meaning and then he's like wait a second 
I'm gonna flash back to my trauma. And it, he, like, remembers Kane, who's making, like, the same face. And he's like, oh, right, Kane died. I feel sad now. And now, my ideals are different. <laughs> and Ichigo's like, what's wrong? And he's like, <sighs> I might have lived too long. Uh, and then he explains that, like, the lives that should be lived always seem to slip through his hands. And then he flashes back to Kane's death as if we didn't watch that happen, like, two weeks ago. And that is like, well, I'm gonna let you go. You done great. And he calls back his Pokemon, Dalk. <laughs> because it's literally like the fucking, the, the bit where Ash is like, you did great, Bulbasaur, calls back into Pokeball. It's like literally that <laughs> animation. It really is. <laughs> and he tells Ichigo not to rush his life, that there's no shame in cherishing it. Lirin runs into Cone, who starts insulting her as she writes him back to Urahara shop. And then we cut back to the Rukia thing, and she's still in a trance. And she tells Mabashi, who's being a huge creep, her name. And he asks if she'd like to work for him, which she agrees to. She begins choking Orihime, and then the episode ends there. It's so, like... Like, so I had I remembered that this episode was coming up, right? Because I had made allusions to it in the past. But I forgot just how, like, directly similar it is to Null Chandelier. Uh, Num Chandelier. And I was like, God, just give Orihime, like, a fight. Yeah, I, I was, like, really, really hoping that, like, Rukia and Orihime would actually get to fight. It essentially amounts to them just dodging and or blocking until one of them gets hit and then suddenly it's like, ah, they will fight, but it will be each other they're fighting. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, okay, Bleach. At least we've got the great humor of the RadioCon Golden segment, which is the Women's Association of Soul Reapers are sad because their snacks are gone. Mayuri shows up asking with all the noises. There's a fart joke. We learned that the <laughs> snacks were baked potatoes. And while everyone is trying to figure out who tooted, Mayuri says, just get the fuck out of my office. The end. <laughs> I'm not laughing at the joke. I'm just laughing at your delivery of the joke of... <laughs> There's a fart joke. <laughs> because that is essentially exactly what happened. Because I, I remember explicitly me explaining this, like, what happened in the, like, post-credits bit to Nova. Because I was like, hey, at least in the post-credits bit, we learned that Mayuri farts sometimes. <laughs> and that was, like, the joke. And I'm like, is, th is this where we're at now? Is this where Bleach has gotten? <laughs> Yeah, it's literally just Mayuri walks into screen and says, Why are you all here? <laughs> like, that's it. And then, that, that's it? And then, and then they're like, uh, Yes, the snacks were baked yams. So it's like, ah, yes. A snack that tends to cause people to fart. I get it. In, in case you didn't get the joke, he farted. Thank you. <laughs> I, I'm I'm done with this episode. I, you know, I have erased it from my memory. I, I'm done with this post-credits bit. 
Let's cut to break. Onwards to the next bit. Anyway, I'm going to snap, we can get back to it, we can crackle, we can pop, we can do whatever we need to do, and we won't stop. You're, you are aware that I can't hear when you snap? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's going in. That's going in the episode. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, let's I- get right back to it with episode 85. Deadly Battle of Tears, Rukia versus Orihime. <laughs> we start the episode with Maki apologizing for letting Mabashi out of his sight, while Karia drinks juice straight from the bug. <laughs> like, he just grabs it <laughs> from the air and he's like, slurp, <laughs> and then the bug flies away and I'm like, ugh. Awful. Awful and bad. Karia must be stopped. I don't want to watch him drink another bug. And she's like, Maki, no bound can resist the temptation to suck out living souls. And I'm like, alright. Alright, Karia. And Maki's just like, well, are we sure he can, like, control himself? Karia doesn't give a shit. He's like, listen, trust is more important than concern. That's what friends do. But also, I could absolutely give a shit if he goes berserk. A battle without risk is boring, so as long as he gets stronger and isn't boring, it's fine. <laughs> Jesus. My favorite part of this whole interaction is the fact that Maki, like, apologizes for letting Mabashi out as if, like, at least in our subs, as if Karya didn't directly tell him to release Mabashi. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, he did. <laughs> did use that exact word. I'm like, wait, hold on a second. Why are you apologizing? You did what he told you to do. We go back to the... We we go find Mibashi, who's having his fight, where Rukia's just lifting Orihime off of the ground, and the Bount is like, here's Madal's power. Hey, Rukia, kill them. And she just yeets Orihime, like, right straight up in the sky. Like, she goes above the building line. <laughs> And it's it's great because all of her fairies like come out. They grab her. They're like hanging on to different parts of her clothes, uh, like supporting her. And they're like, "Hey, Orihime can fly, I guess." I, aren't they like openly complaining about it too? Aren't they like openly complaining about Orihime being a hassle, as if like this is like one of the two times they've helped her in a fight? Yeah. Yeah, they are. And they're going to do this for the... I'm not going to, like, mention it too much, but they do, like, constantly complain the entire episode. (laughs) It's really bad. (laughs) She might feel safe flying around, but unfortunately, Rukia still has, like, her incantations and spells, and she just starts lobbing fireballs at her. Uh, You know, she puts up her shields, she protects herself a little, but eventually she gets overwhelmed. And Rukia herself seems unable to handle the output like her guy's hand is just completely burnt from the power of the spell she used uh but 
Mabashi and the doll don't care. They're just like, use more of her strength. It's fine. And the doll's like, okay, I'll use more of the strength. It's great. <laughs> and, uh, this forces her uh, Rukia's Shinigami form out of her body, like, it, and it like it's weird because she she gets forced out, but she doesn't have a sword, and then we see the sword like appear. Didn't really notice that actually. Like, I, I guess this episode must have been like slipping off my brain at the time because I was just like still in shock from the fact that like these two are having to fight, and I was like, oh god, that's right. So, yeah, I totally missed that. Holy shit. (laughs) And then, like, the fairies start complaining to Urihime that it's like, hey, you should give us the order to slice her in half. She's your enemy right now. She's coming to fight you. Tell us to cut her. And Urihime, understandably, refuses to fight. She's like, um, no. No, that's Rukia. What are you talking about? (laughs) Why would you ever think that I would order you to do that? <laughs> I, I've heard fairies are just, like, kind of out of control. Yeah, they're, I guess, the fairies have been wanting to fight as long as we've been wanting to see them fight, I suppose. <laughs> they're bloodthirsty, is what I'm saying. Oh, absolutely. It's it's almost like the writers are aware that they haven't been allowed to let Rukia fight, and then the one chance they got, they, like, wrote themselves into a corner where they couldn't let the fairies fight, so they're like, fuck it, we're frustrated, we're gonna make the fairies frustrated too. That's where we're at right now. Well, they could have made the fairies fight, however, well, we'll see. <laughs> While all this is happening... Kira and Ichigo are running with Keigo on Ichigo's back, and, you know, he falls to one knee, and he, like, refuses uh, Kira's help to help carry his human buddy, and after a little bit, Kira, like, convinces- he's like, come on, I'm not the enemy. Like, you know, we fought- last time we met, the only time we met, uh, we fought, but, you know, like, water under the bridge, I'm not the enemy, just let me fucking do this, like, I'm a vice captain, like, come on. Uh, so he, he carries Keigo, and he's like, I, too, have lost someone important as he looks wistfully into the night sky and thinks of Gin. My, my favorite part here is how he's like, I've lost somebody important, too. Not exactly a friend, but somebody important. <laughs> yeah. Also, like, the the flashbacks is... The specificity, the specificity of the flashback is the part where Gin, like, teleports away with Aizen and Tozen. Like, it's not, like, anything that they've done together or anything that would have shown that, like, Gin cared for him. It's literally just, like, when you left. <laughs> we also see him, like, punching back uh, Rangiku. God, I, I... I'm, like, kind of surprised we didn't get a flashback of the time that, like... Gin, like, openly fucking traumatized Kira. Like, that was, like, one of the only few times we saw them really interact on screen, if I can remember correctly. Alas. Alas. We switch back to Urihime and Claude, who are badly hurt. Urihime in particular is, like, you know, she's ha- she She brings up her own frustration and our frustration at her having been unable to, like, really do anything during the entirety of the Soul Society arc. Even though she was the one who basically got Soraki on their side. <laughs> like, yeah. she did a lot. Just, she didn't do any fighting. Uh, but, you know, she still feels like uh, like she could have done more, understandably. 
uh, and she's like, she wants to be good friends with Rukia, so she can't attack her directly. Thankfully, Claude has a plan. But first, we go back to Kira and Ichigo, who show up at Urahara's place, and Ichigo just, like, completely collapses, and, you know, Hanataro gets to work, he comes up with a solution to, like, okay, Keigo's fucking dying. Thankfully, Ichigo has way more than, uh, he has way more spirit power. This this bad boy slaps Ichigo's ass and holds so much spirit power, so he can just (laughs) take some of it, put it into Keigo... Uh, he immediately goes about, like, ordering Tessai again, like, okay, I need this, I need this, I need this, like, just fucking, we're, do- we're doing this. Oh, uh, this, this is where he was like, oh, I need the first, third, and sixth Reishi injection tool, which is something we've yes. never fucking heard of before. This is the part I was thinking of. He's like, hey, Tessai, do you have these incredibly specific, uh, do you have this incredibly specific set of, like, soul surgery tools? And Tessai's like, yes, what number do you need? <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I need a wrench. What gauge? <laughs> Tessai was a nurse in a past life. God, I, I'm a really, really big fan of like him. Just like very quickly, like I, I know I mentioned it earlier when I, I brought this part up, but like he makes it sound like there's some risk to using the sixth injection tool, and like. It's such a small thing, but it's like, oh, what's up with this? I, I want to know more about this stuff. I, I want to know what's going on. And, like, I know we won't get it, but it's just, like, the tiniest bit of world building that I'm like, okay, that was a throwaway line, but I'm really here for it. Yeah, uh, at this point, Kira's like, yeah, so while I'm here, uh, how's Abadai doing? Like, I heard he was around, like, <laughs> and Urahara's like... Uh, he'll be fine, but the kid he brought with him. <laughs> Meanwhile, Claude's plan is: what if you attacked the bount directly? And Nodihime, despite having not one episode ago done this exact thing, says, "No, I can't do that. Bount are humans." <laughs> And it's like, you, you, you were sending your attack shield at the at Yoshi last episode, technically two episodes ago, I guess, because you were reusing the animation. And Ichigo also had this bit during his Keigo fight last episode where he's like, he's human though. <laughs> it's really weird for both of these characters to be like hung up on this when they've spent the last arc fighting Soul Reapers. Is all I'm saying. Like, it's really weird to be getting hung up on, I can't attack them, they're a human. Yes, I know that they've got weird powers and they're basically an immortal vampire, but also they're human. But also, also, I can just attack soul reapers, it's fine. Yeah, I don't know what's up with that. It's it's not good. It, it, it's a really, really strange thing. You're right. Yeah, eventually Orihime, like, relents, and she's like, fine, I'll attack him, but Rukia knows how to flash step, so she just jumps in front of the attack and gets hurt, uh, and then goes directly on the offensive again, but we, she is stopped by Shuhei, Mr. Nice himself. <laughs> nice. Over in the Dark Cavern, we just get a moment of Karia finishing yet another glass of Bount Juice, this time poured into a glass, <laughs> and then he says, Maki, take care of shit, I'm going to take a nap. <laughs> he literally says he's going to take a nap. That's not even editorializing. 
<laughs> I know, it's really good. I I really actually genuinely love Kari in this episode, how he's just like so not concerned with shit. He's like, yeah, yeah, whatever. I'm I'm taking a fucking nap. I'm tired. I have not slept since that mansion fight. It is nap time, buddy. <laughs> good luck. He's like, oh he's like, oh, the guy who was like not obeying me and I threatened to kill is disobey is like maybe in trouble. Whoopty fucking do, I guess. <laughs> Shuhei introduces himself to the group and Mabashi, and then he's like, ah, I see. This is the situation. Well, whatever, I'll just fucking cut Rukia down. It's fine. And Mabashi's just like, yeah, you do that, but as soon as you do that, I'll just move my Brudal to another one. It'll be great. <laughs> and Rukia, like, starts taking control of her own body, telling her he made a fire at her, and somehow the episode does not May, I, I, I don't know if it's because they wanted to be more subtle or if they just literally didn't think about it, but I felt like there would have been at least like a little flashback on Rukia's part of like, hey, remember when I was in this exact situation and I had to kill the guy I respected a lot? <laughs> I don't know. I feel like this is literally the safe situation. I feel like these two a lot really get stuck in the situation where they're just like, oh, I'm under control and doing a thing I don't want to do. Oh, boy. And, like, I, I know we haven't seen Rukia fight that much, but I, I've also really noticed she kind of has a tendency to, every time she does fight, get stabbed in the chest. And I'm like... this ca I, I should start a counter or something, because this keeps happening. Yeah, like it's 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 a noticeable it's a noticeable thing. It's like uh it's, it's weird that this happens every time one of the ladies fights. Like Yeah. Uh although we do at least get like Orihime says Stand back, Shuhei, I'm fucking dealing with this, and she walks forward, just like full of determination. Her shield is so powerful now that instead of getting like knocked back and barely able to block the blow, she's able to just keep walking forward, even as Rukia is slinging like spell after spell after spell at her. Um, she she sends uh she sends her attack sh spell at uh at Mabashi, but like you know he dodges it, and then we just kind of forget that the attack spell exists for the rest of the episode. <laughs> like, Chibaki just kind of disappears for the rest of the episode. Uh, for the, the rest of the episode, it's fine. I guess he's just floating two centimeters to the left of the screen. It's fine. You don't need to worry about it. And eventually, Orihime, like, gets up close enough so that she can just hug Rukia. She activates her healing shield and it forces Ritsu out of, uh, Ritsu out of Rukia's body. Uh, she runs away back to Mabashi and oh, like it's a, it's a pretty cool moment. And like, you know, in the end, I'm like, okay, that was a pretty cool, like sequence of events of what, like once Rukia, uh, once Orihime like decided, no, enough is enough. I'm fucking doing this. Uh, specifically because between the battle damage that she has on her and a lot of the expressions that she's making, when, either when she's looking at Rukia or when she's looking at Chuhei, this is the most varied that, like, Orihime's model has been in the entire series. Like, she just has a lot of expression. She has a lot of really intense expressions. There's, like, some really cool shading that they've been doing. It's just, like, it's a lot of really cool stuff for to, like, give Orihime just in this, like, two or three minute segment. <laughs> yeah, it, it's... 
it's genuinely a really cool moment. Um, I do really like that we kind of get that same thing that, like, we see Ichigo do a lot, where suddenly she has resolve, and then, like, it's like, oh, now I can push through and actually do the thing I need to do. And it's like, it is that typical shonen thing, but it is nice to see her get to do it, at least. Even if it's not in the same way we would see Ichigo do it, you know? Yeah, and it's like, we've been, we, we're told every time that Odakime fights that the strength of her emotions directly impacts the strength of her shields, whether it's defense, healing, or attack. So it's like, okay, yeah, once she, once she stops, once she, like, gets a plan, you know, to do the same thing that happened last time she had to do this and fix it in the exact same manner, once she has a plan, she gets to it and then her shields are ultra powerful and she's unstoppable. It's great. Um, it's really good. The do- the doll tries to attack uh, Orihime, but Shuhei like just pops in front of it and slices it up. Uh, before he tries to, ki- before he manages to kill Mabashi, though, Maki shows up and blocks the blow. And if you don't like, he picks up Mabashi's unconscious body and jumps away. But like, if you don't look for it for that like one second fr- frame where you see Maki like block the blow, he's also using his scabber to like punch Mabashi in the stomach and knock him out. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, like, I'm actually, like, I'm looking at the wiki right now to keep up, and it literally the frame here they have is him, like, very lightly poking Mabashi in the chest. It looks like barely <laughs> anything. It's just very good. Yeah, and it's like, that's a still frame that shows up on screen for, like, maybe a second, and it's so dark that you can't, you can barely see the scabbard, and like, oh, if you if I go back and I put it on pause, I can notice that he did that. <laughs> Otherwise, it's like, wait, why is he unconscious? <laughs> uh, but then, you know, he picks up Mabashi, he leaves, Rukia's okay, everyone's crying and gay, and the episode ends. <laughs> As all good Bleach episodes do. God. I, overall, not a terrible episode. Like, I, I, I've... I definitely wasn't as hot on this one as I was the first one, just because so much of it was just like, oh, we can't hurt them. They're human. Oh, I can't hurt my friend. Oh, what do I do? But, like, the the rest of it, like, the ending and also the slight bits with, like, Hanatoro, I was, like, really into. Yeah. And to finish up the episode, we've got the RadioCon Golden segment, where Ganju is back at the uh, 7-Eleven, because lest we forget, there's an incredible fucking midnight rush happening, and there's like <laughs> 70 people in the store. <laughs> and now that Hanataro's not there, he's stuck behind a register, like, trying to deal with everything, and that, like, this Gyaru girl is just, like, ins- like she insults his eyelashes, tells him that they look like shit. <laughs> It's <laughs> like listen here, listen here, you, and then he just sand waves everybody out of the establishment. He, Ganju's gonna get fired. He's gonna get fired, or his, or I guess his manager is probably gonna like completely misunderstand and assume it has something to do with the bathroom. I'm not sure which. Probably, probably the latter though. Probably the latter. My assumption at this point is that the only reason that Ganju has a job is because the manager wants eye candy, so I feel like he's not going to get fired, but he might get a slap on the wrist. Maybe. Maybe. You're you're probably right. 
You're probably ha- probably right. Halataru, come get your man. He's in danger. <laughs> God. Uh, that'll probably do it for this week's episode. Uh, just a reminder for any of you who don't follow the Twitter. Uh, next week we'll probably be off again because I'm going to be going on a trip. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to be able to record. Uh, I'm not going to have any of my equipment or anything because, like, I, I don't got the money to, like, check bags. I'm literally just going on a plane with, like, a backpack and a purse. That's it. Uh, so, like, we will be back the week after next. But uh, next week, there's not going to be an episode. I'm also not going to have my laptop with me because I, I don't really have the space for it. So I'm not going to be able to, uh, like, make a compilation episode like I had initially planned. But alas, we'll be back to our old status after next episode, I think. Probably. Hopefully. And you know, who even has time to watch anime? It's GDQ week. Watch some speedruns. Yeah, watch speedruns. Go go enjoy GDQ. Have a good time. Why are you even listening to us? Like, well, I mean, please do listen to us. But, like, also, go watch speedruns. Go have a good time. Uh... You can find the show on Twitter at Bleachcast. You can email us with any questions, comments, whatever at iwobleachcast at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter at lavender underscore pause. And you can find me on Twitter at SSBSLJ. Have a good week. Watch some speedruns. Just enjoy yourselves. Live life. Stay cool, Chads. They had forgotten the first lesson, that we are to be powerful, beautiful, and without regret. You know, I, I actually like that one. I, 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 that, that's a keeper. Thank you.